So this morning we're going to be in Colossians, and we're going to be talking about Christian conduct. It's probably the easiest way to sum this up. Um, it was um, good timing how God works things out. The message that Pastor Craig gave um, this morning, and those of you who weren't here for the 9 o'clock service for the 11 o'clock, this all marries up very well. It matches, and it's, it's good reinforcement. Um, but we're going to be talking today about um, Paul, and he wrote the letter to the Colossians, and had to correct a few things. These letters that he wrote to the churches were to take care of problems, to praise them and tell them what they're doing right, but also to remind them of the things that they're supposed to be doing. Um, I don't know how many of you remember growing up and, and playing, but those of you, I'm sure, that have kids now, our kids loved to dress up in costumes of all different kinds. And if they watched a movie, they wanted to be whatever was in that movie. And um, my mother-in-law is a, an amazing seamstress. And so one year, a gift for my son, Mac, is, is we had an old, she had an old suitcase and she made a whole bunch of different costumes. So from Star Wars, and he has a, had a Robin Hood costume and, um, and Indian and all these different dress-up things that he could do because he he really liked that and so it was always amazing um, but it's interesting if you watch kids and when they're when they're playing a game or they're acting out a movie or a story that they've heard and they they put those clothes on they change and they get into that character right and so if they're dressing up to be a cowboy they may walk you know like they've got their six gun on or you know if they're dressing up and they're they're um, they're doing Jungle Book and somebody's being Mowgli and they're hopping around like an animal or whatever, but they, they do that. And then if they want to do something else, 15 minutes later, they have a different outfit on and they're totally somewhere else and they're doing something um, different. And that's a little bit um, of an example of kind of what our story or our, our Bible lesson today is going to be about, is about identifying as Christians in the gospel and what, what Christ did for us and what he's asking us to do. And so um, what we're going to be talking about is how God gives those who trust in Christ a new identity and calls on them to put away the behavior of their old selves and put on the behavior of their new selves. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today is identifying that sin nature and the, the old things and who we used to be and that we're now a new creation in Christ. And so we're going to be in Colossians in chapter 3. And um, we'll be reading, it, it's verses 1 through 17. And so just to give you a little background with, with Colossians, um, kind of the theme of Colossians is Paul is explaining to the people in Colossae, the believers, uh, reminding them about the deity of Christ and who Christ is, and also correcting some false teaching. And so in chapter 3, um, we're going to start off um, reading verses 1 through 4. So we're in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Um, and it's... Um, as I read through and studied this this week, there's a lot of, of pretty deep theological thoughts in just what we're going to cover in the, the 35 minutes that I have today. So 
hopefully, um, as, we, as you go through the week, you'll go back and read through some of these verses. But if you look at verse number one, um, the, the actual translation where it says, you have been raised up with Christ. Raised up, actually, the translation is to be co-resurrected. So if you read that again, and it, and it says, therefore, if you have been co-resurrected with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ seated at the right hand of God. And that, to me, changed my perspective as opposed to being raised up or saved. If you're co-resurrected, you know, you, you are new, right? That's what resurrection is. And so we are a new creation in Christ. When we're saved, we accept Christ as our Savior, and we submit ourselves to him. We are somebody different, and we're, we're changed, and we need to remember that. Um, and it's just that it's, it sounds so easy, right? You know, because the, the example and the, and the vision that you're in here is that we're supposed to take off our old self, like you're taking off an old jacket and you're putting on a new jacket. But that's never really that easy, right? And that was one of those things that, that the Colossians had struggled with, is that the false teachers were telling the Colossians, they were taking it more um, what the, the book describes as an outside-in approach. So they were trying to use the law and Jewish customs to talk to new believers to say, even though you believe in Christ, you have to do all these other things. Well, really, that's not how it works, right? It's an inside-out type process. And so if you look at verse 2, where, where Paul's telling them they need to set their mind on things above and not on things that are on the earth, it's a really important to think about. Um, and I was talking some with Beth last night, and she reminded me of a, a Bible study she did where the author of that Bible study said, many Christians go through life staring at the world and glancing at God. And so if, if the only time you think about God and you read your Bible is when you come to church on Sunday, you are glancing at God and staring at the world. Right? So if you think about driving a car, when you're driving... You should be looking out the front window, right? And you should be looking where you're going and seeing cars that are coming and lights and, and all those different things. And occasionally, what do you do? Check your mirrors, right? Look at your speedometer. Check to make sure the check engine light is on, that your oil pressure hasn't gone to zero. There's some things that you need to know about, right? But the most important thing is to watch where you're going so that you stay on the road and you're safe and you avoid accidents. And so as Christians, we need to remember that, that we need to keep our eyes focused on God. And we have to check the world around us, right? We can't completely ignore what's happening here. God doesn't call us to do that. But we need to make sure that God's our focus and that we keep looking at him. Um, if you look at verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, I have a study Bible and it brought up some interesting three little points in just that one sense about being hidden with Christ in God. And the first thing is, is that we have a common spiritual nature with Christ in God. Because we all have spirits, right? We're alive spiritually because we are believers in Christ. Just like Christ is alive spiritually, God is alive spiritually. We have that in common with God and Christ. We, are, we have spirits, right? And we are alive in our spirits. Uh, because we've accepted Christ as our Savior, second part of that is that the unsaved can't believe or they, they have no way of understanding that, right? If, if you're not a believer in Christ and you don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, so as you study his word 
and you see what's happening in your life and you pray and you build that relationship with God, that's how we understand and relate to kind of what's happening and how we're able to get through the things that happen to us here on earth. But if you're not a believer and you don't have that, you just see these things happen. And the only thing you have to help you understand is, is your natural senses, right? You see things, you hear things, you try to reason them out. You know, you might look for a bunch of different things, but if you don't have God and, and his word and the Holy Spirit to help you, you can't understand that. Um, and, and the last thing there is that because we are with God in Christ is that our eternal salvation is permanent. Once you're saved, you're saved. And so there's, there's not a second time or there's not these weekly things you have to do is once you become saved, is you're saved. And so that was um, going through one through four. And really the, the whole point of those verses is that we, we need to set our mind on things above and we need to concentrate on that. And that's where we need to put our, our energy and in, in our thoughts into is by focusing on, on God and, and studying his word, it keeps our mind and our heart in the right place. Because if we're studying and we're thinking and we're worrying about other things, we're not going to be focusing on the things that God wants us to be focusing on. So we'll look at um, verses 5 through 11 now, and we'll talk about what we're not supposed to be doing. So Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and freeman. But Christ is all and in all. And so when we look at this, it, really what we're supposed to do is put to death the deeds of the flesh. So all of the things that we normally would want to do naturally, we're not supposed to do. So when we're born, what are we born with? What kind of nature? Sin nature. So everybody, once we're born, because we're not, you know, it's, um, I, and I've, you've probably heard me say this, that, you know, if you're, if you're, <laughs> and now it's left my brain. Um, twice born, if you're twice born, you're once dead. If you're once born, you're twice dead. And that's because we're physical beings, right? We live in, but we're also, we're spiritual beings. So if you're physically and spiritually born, your physical body's going to die. But your spirit, because you're saved, will live on forever. If you're only born once, meaning your physical body is born, you will die twice. You, you will die a physical death, and because you were not saved, you will die a spiritual death. And really when we talk about that in spiritual death and hell, it's, it's separation from God. It's eternal separation from God. Um, and so what we're supposed to do now that we're saved 
is sin is supposed to be dead to us. Because it talks about here in verse 5, it says, Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And I thought it was interesting that Paul talks about idolatry here because um, who, who can give me a definition of what idolatry is? Very good. Marianne said it exactly how I would have said it. Anything that comes between you and God is an idol. And so it doesn't have to be what we read about in the Old Testament where they had actual card figures or something. It can be your job. Um, it can be money. It could be a sport. It, you know, anything that's not God that comes between you and God can be an idol. And so all these things that Paul listed off here, he said, which amounts to idolatry, really what he's talking about is those things that come between you and God. And so it's, it's important for us to think about putting sin to death, those sinful things in our life, the things that we're not supposed to be doing, is to start to get rid of those. Um, if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 8, I'm going to look at verses 12 and 13. So Romans 8, 12 and 13. So this is Paul writing to the Romans, so I'll start in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so what Paul's talking about here is once we're saved, we've committed our life to Christ, right? So what, what does it mean to you when, when, when Paul here is telling the Romans that they are un, they're not under obligation to the flesh? What, what does that mean? Do we have to sin as, as believers? We don't have to because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Once we're indwelt, we have that power. And that's how we can, over time, learn to not sin. Um, you know, I was saved in my early 30s, and so I had a lot of time that I built up a lot of very bad habits that I still struggle with today. Um, depending, you know, even if you were someone who was saved as a young child, through your life, because we're not perfect people, we develop bad habits, and we get into bad habits, and we do things that we're not supposed to do, and if we're not careful, and we don't keep our eyes on Christ, and we study the Word, those habits are very, very hard to break. Part of that is because we live, we live in, a, in a sinful world, right? In a, a world of flesh, and we have our fleshly bodies. And because we're children of Adam, we're predisposed to that. But also, because we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit within us, we have that power to be able to start to defeat those sins in our lives and to start to die to those so that those bad habits that you once had, you don't have to do anymore. And, and you'll get to a point with some of those where they don't bother you at all and you never think about it, but you, like I, have sins that I still struggle with and probably for the rest of my life, because it's just an ingrained part of me, I have to always step back and check myself not to do that. Um, it's also interesting in, um, in the notes in my Bible, um, something that really 
I thought was, was very good is this last sentence. And <clears throat> when, when Paul is talking about putting to death the deeds of one body and you will live, it says the means the Spirit uses to accomplish this process is our faithful obedience to the simple commands of Scripture. And that, that I thought was really good, the simple obedience to the commands of Scripture. So really, God wants us to be obedient, right? And he's, he's not telling us we have to go climb Mount Everest or do something that is completely out of our abilities. He's just asking us to be obedient. And so part of that obedience is he's telling us in here, if you look at verse 8, he says we're supposed to put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech, and to not lie to one another. Right? So we all have the ability, through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, to not do those things. But we have to work at it. And so as, as we go through and, and look at these things, it's difficult sometimes not to, but the more we practice it, the more we do it, the easier it is for us to do. Um, Part of what I talked about a little bit before was Paul was writing to the Colossians because there were false teachers there that were teaching them um, a different gospel, if you will. It had Christ in it, but it had all these other works. And really what those teachers were conveying to the people in Colossae were that it was Christ plus. So they were telling them that, you know, you need to believe in Christ, but also they were they were trying to use the power of transformation based on human traditions or the Jewish law. So they're trying to reinstitute those things to tell them, oh, you have to do these things, when really you don't need to do that. Because um, really that, that sanctifying work is done by God and the Holy Spirit, and it's an inside-out process. It's the changing of your heart. And that's one of those hard things to do, right? Because you can, you can, see, you can see if someone is saved and changed, right? Because how, what's one way you know that someone is saved? If you've, if you've known them, maybe you grew up with them, you went to school with them, and you noticed that they're doing things differently, what are you seeing? Pardon me? The fruits of the Spirit. You're seeing someone's actions. And so it's not just someone saying, you know, I'm Christian and I carry a Bible and I go to church on Sunday. It's you actually see behavior change. You see them, you know, maybe... Maybe they were very critical, and all they could ever do was tell people the things they did wrong. And now all of a sudden you see them not pointing out the things that people do wrong, but telling them the good things, right? And that's important in any kind of relationship, and that's a, that's a sign. It's not that you can't tell someone a better way to do something, but it's all in how it's done, right? Because we're told we need to correct somebody, but we're supposed to correct them in love, right? And, and we all need correction, right? I mean, think about when you're raising your kids. You can't just let them run wild. You probably have been around and seen people who do let their kids run wild, and, and it's not a very pleasant experience. So we can correct and, and help people change their behavior, be more godly, and do the things that they need to do in a good way, but it needs to be done with a loving heart. Um, and that's really kind of um, one of those key things. And then the... The, 
really the essential doctrine from our lesson today is that we're, you know, we're, new, we're new creatures in Christ, the new identity of a believer. So when a person places faith in Christ, that person undergoes a fundamental change of identity. He or she goes from being an enemy under God's wrath to being welcomed into God's family as a beloved child. The believer in Christ is declared righteous on account of Christ's perfect life and substitutionary death and resurrection. No longer is the person a slave to sin, defined by past failures or present struggles. The person has been delivered from the realm of darkness and now belongs to the kingdom of light. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation in whom the old sinful self is passed away and the new redeemed self is alive and progressing, becoming more and more like Christ. And so there, there's an interesting question in here. Um, and so it asks, why is faith in Jesus necessary for putting, death, putting to death the deeds of the flesh? Why do you think that's necessary? Can we do it on our own? Can we save ourselves? No. So if we don't have Christ in our life and we haven't accepted him and we don't make an honest effort to try to work towards what he's calling us to do to be new creatures in him, we're not going to be successful. And you know, We need to be saved, so we need to submit ourselves to him, but if we don't make that honest effort towards that, we're never going to do what, what Paul in, in other parts of Scripture has called us to do, right? Where we start off drinking milk, right? And we're supposed to progress on to, you know, be more mature Christians and, and more mature food of the word of Christ and to grow in those things and to understand that. But if we never put that into practice, if we never try to do that, if we never work towards that, um, we'll never get there. And so moving on here, um, I'm going to read verses 12 through 17, where we're talking about putting on the works of the Spirit. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so while we're working on putting sin to death in our lives and getting rid of that, we also need to work on doing the things that God's calling us to do, which is to love one another, to be responsive to the calling of the Spirit. When God puts you in a situation where you can help someone out, where you can share the good news of the gospel, where we can do those things that we're called to do as believers, we need to make sure that we take advantage of that and do that. So if you look at verse 12, um, an important part here is it says that, you know, those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. So God's chosen us, right? Each one of us had a different life experience that brought us to salvation in Christ. And so God gave you those experiences 
knowing that when you got to that point, when the gospel message was shared with you, and when your heart was right, you would accept him. And so that's one of those things that, that gives us great encouragement as believers, is that God chose us. And God also gave his son Christ to, to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And so we don't have to worry about that. We need to be obedient to God and follow the simple commands of the Bible and work towards the things that he wants us to do. And it, and, and it sounds, sometimes, you know, when you read it like this, you say, well, yeah, sure, that sounds easy. But our sin nature is always fighting against that. And try as we might, sometimes we're not very helpful even to ourselves. And so um, if you look at verses 15 and 16, so verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So what's the, what does that, that verse start with? What's that word? Let, right? So you have to allow that to happen, right? Who gets to choose your attitude and your response to circumstances? You do, right? And so I know in studying this, it, it really opened my eyes into, I'm saved. God has me where he has me. The things that are going on in my life, like three-foot snowdrifts and blowing wind, I, I didn't choose those, but God's put me there, and I'm, I'm dealing with that, right? And I can choose how I deal with that. Because the snow is a good thing, right? We got to have that moisture. If we don't have that, it, it's going to be really bad. But there are those short-term inconveniences that you've got to deal with. But if you let God and the Holy Spirit work in you and you go along with what he's teaching you and you don't fight it and you work with him, things will go a lot better. And it's the same thing with verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Can I, can I get it to, to dwell within me by doing this? No. So I, I had a college roommate who before math exams would put his math book under his pillow and sleep on it. He barely graduated, but he did graduate. But you, you cannot learn this stuff by osmosis. It won't just sink in, right? So what do you have to do? Study the word. Part of it's what you're doing, right? You either stayed a little bit later after the first service or you came early to come to Sunday school so you could hear me talk about God's word. That's, that's important, right? It's important to hear people talk about it and to hear other people's ideas, right? Everybody studies and reads the Bible and the Holy Spirit's in your heart and it lays different messages on you. Just like when I read the notes out of my Bible and I read about, you know, the spirit works, you know, by our obedience to the simple commands of the Bible. That really struck me. Some of you out there might be going, well, you know, that doesn't mean that much to you or you're not getting that. But if, if you don't take your Bible and you don't read your Bible and you don't study it and you don't think about it, the Holy Spirit doesn't have that raw material to work within your heart to help to change you. So to get that in there so that, you know, if you're going to let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, Somehow you've got to get it in there. So part of that's reading and studying. Part of that's coming, listen to Pastor Craig teach. Part of that's talking with your friends, listening to it on the radio, you know, singing hymns. Towards the end of this, it talks about, you know, Paul's telling them that they need to 
sing with thankfulness in their hearts to God. That's one way. And, and God's made each one of us different, and, and we learn in different ways. Some of us, um, we, you know, learn a lot better by talking and hearing and asking questions. Some of us, um, I do a lot better if I can read it and spend some time thinking about it and then talk to somebody about it. Sometimes if somebody comes to me with a new idea and they just start talking to me and they're excited about it, my mind doesn't grab stuff that fast sometimes, and I have to really think about it hard before it makes sense to me. Um, so, you know, you, you all know how you learn best. I'm just hoping to encourage you to do that. The more that we can study the Word and understand it and work that in our lives, the easier it is for us to do really what this lesson is about, which is to keep our hearts and minds on God and to study His Word and to know that he's there with us and that he's given us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit and God are always with us and they're always around us. But to also take that time, and hopefully you take time every day to read your Bible, to study a little bit, to pray to God, and definitely to take your cares to God. To, you know, the Bible tells us to lay your cares on him. But to pray for wisdom, to pray for opportunities to share the word, you know, when we're struggling with a sin, definitely pray about that. Find verses and stories in the scripture that, that talk to us about people who've struggled with that. You know, the, the Bible is a, you know, when, when you're having issues in your life and you're having things you have to deal with, the Bible is the place to go to look at that. Talk to people, talk to Pastor Craig, talk to myself and one of the other elders, but you need to pray and study and find out how God wants you to work through that. So, you know, he doesn't, um, he doesn't ask us to do things that we can't deal with, right? He never gives us a trial that we're not able to stand up under. I think it's in it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. tells us that God is good, and he never gives us a struggle that we can't deal with. We have to bear up with that, and when we get to the point that we can't, he always gives us a way out. So even if you may be going through some times in your life which are difficult, understand that God's there with you and he's helping you learn through that and he'll help you get through that. So we've got just a couple minutes left before we are finished here. But part of the, um, the application for this lesson is that you know, as, as we have a new identity in Christ and we're new people, we need to remember that and we need to share that with people. And the people around us should be able to tell that we are different by the way that we're acting because we shouldn't act like the world, right? And there are lots and lots of frustrating situations every day that come up in the world and you see how the world reacts and they all want to point a finger and um, blame somebody um, and, and be angry, but we're, we're called to be better than that. We're, we're called to follow Christ and to trust in him to know that he's going to supply us with our needs and the things that we need to do. So did anybody have a quick question or a comment before we wrap it up this morning? All right, we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for the letters that Paul wrote the early Christian churches to help them understand where they were moving away from where you wanted them to go and to get them back. Lord, we pray that you would help us to take to heart this lesson, that we would truly stare at you and glance at the world. We pray that you would help us as we struggle to fight and
to get rid of the sin that's in our lives and as we work hard towards being the thoughtful Christians that you would want us to be, the Christians who follow you, who in our daily lives obey you, and we work every day to honor and glorify you, Lord. We pray that the fruits of the Spirit would grow and grow in our lives and that people would be able to see that and it would give us the opportunity to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray at the same time, Lord, that we would be able to diminish and get rid of the sins in our lives that are distracting us from doing the things that you need us to do. We thank you so much for this time together as a church family. We pray that you'd watch over us and um, give us a good day of worship today. And we thank you for the opportunity to serve you, Lord. And we ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.